Welcome to the Vita Foods Insights Podcast. Join us as we explore the latest in science and innovation, helping the global health and nutrition industry connect, develop, and progress. Today's host is Heather Granato, Vice President of Content. Well, hello, and welcome to a Vita Foods Insights podcast. I'm Heather Granato, the Vice President of Content with our Vita Foods brand. Uh, today on the line, I have Grant Ferrier. He's the founder of Nutrition Capital Network, and he'll be speaking at our upcoming Vita Foods Europe event on our CBD Day, taking place on 14 May. Grant, thank you so much for taking a little time out to talk to me today. You're welcome, and good afternoon from here in California. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited that we'll have you joining us. You're going to be talking a little bit about the CBD landscape and sort of the lessons that we might be able to take from North America as things progress in Europe. So I'd love to start a little macro with any comments you might have on the current global interest in hemp extracts as well as CBD specifically. Well, I think there's so much uh, historical data and applications on the uh, potential efficacies. I mean, efficacy is a subjective term given the the historical uh, usage of cannabis or cannabinoids in traditional Chinese medicine that dates way back. Uh, Other cultures have evidence of using the plant and uh, in, in many different forms and obviously hemp as a both industrial fiber and a, and, a, and a medicinal product as well, has lots of cultural history. And it was really only in the fairly recent history that it you know, became illegalized as an illicit drug. So I think, again, there's a basis of, of cultural usage that has kind of been, uh, I wouldn't say eliminated, but at least minimized over the last century or so. And I think there's lots of... Um, uh, latent acceptance and understanding that there, and then how then to validate that the to modern and contemporary scientific standards that uh, CBD is one of the compounds that derived from the cannabis plant in its in its numerous forms uh, as 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 a central focus of the. Uh, non-psychoactive market, but uh, is clearly uh, has lots of uh, heritage behind it and lots of uh, potential applications for the health products all the way from um, you know, topical salves for pain relief to prescription drugs. So I think it's exciting for a lot of, um, lot of companies across the spectrum. I think you're absolutely correct on that. We're certainly seeing this global interest and certainly the background that it has been used for millennia. Uh, both from the psychoactive component, but certainly the benefits that the cannabinoids themselves can offer. Since this podcast is related to Vita Foods Europe, it's the perfect time to interrupt and remind you that you can find all the information you need about the show at vitafoods.eu.com. Now back to Heather. Unfortunately, CBD remains pretty controversial in many markets. So do you think there are lessons that the brand marketers and other companies should be learning while they're watching this market develop in North America? Yes, I think there is. And I think an interesting aspect of that here in North America is kind of jurisdictional rather than chemical or medical in that 
in the United States, it's been certain states that have taken the leadership for first allowing legalized recreational marijuana, but even for that, of course, uh, allowing medical marijuana or medical cannabis or cannabinoids, CBD or THC, depending on the condition and depending on the state. So again, the point being that each state had its own kind of test bed of how it would work. And the federal government still is observing that. It's still an illicit uh, schedule compound uh, drug in the view of the federal government. So uh, Washington State, Colorado, um, California, and now others uh, have legalized and recreational as well as medical before that. And then within those states, and California is uh, no exception, certain cities and counties make it easier to either grow uh, under license or sell uh, at a retail level and then all the supply chains in between. So how the whole supply chain has evolved in North America has been quite fascinating over the last four or five years and longer with the medical market. Uh, and even a place like, um, again, Texas, which is generally regarded as a more conservative uh, political place where you know, they produce oil and gas, has probably the largest uh, manufacturer of CBD tincture oils uh, in, you know, uh, in Texas, where they, again, take uh, plant material and produce uh, either oil-based or other usable product for food, cosmetics, pills, and other applications of CBD. So, and then from a growing standpoint, uh, there are you know, the, the more probably liberal states have been more liberal, liberal how they uh, allocate uh, the, the, the legality about uh, growing hemp and or growing cannabis. And, of course, the difference between the 0.3% uh, THC content in the plant and, of course, the different varieties of the plants and all the different cultivars that have been uh, researched and developed. So... Uh, so, again, the point being jurisdictional, again, in Canada, of course, interestingly enough, of course, it was national and they issued these LPs or licensed producers who had the license to uh, produce, manufacture, extract uh, the compound. And then separately, each province then had its own rules about uh, retail establishments for, again, mostly buying the recreational product, but also that's had a direct effect on the CBD market as well. And again, some states, some provinces uh, allow CBD products quite quite freely and regularly for pets or humans or or other applications in a number of different types of stores, whereas others are fairly restrictive. And um, and uh, people who want to buy those products have to buy them in the uh, dispensaries where other cannabis products are sold. So again, I think the lesson is is that. It's still um, at the experimental phase, I think, from uh, a U.S. national government perspective. They're observing what's happened and where it's happening. Uh, probably the lesson for Europe is, again, jurisdictional, focus on you know, not just the country you may issue the product in and its general receptivity towards uh, these compounds, which, again, by a certain percentage of the population and its elected representatives or appointed those in authority in their their health administrations or their you know drug control administrations will have a a, a negative uh, perception about about it and the possible dangers but again uh, probably more from a criminal element than an actual you know medical or, or human health risk so again 
the jurisdiction of, of who will decide that. Is that a national government? Is that a is that a a, a province or a, a an equivalent at those in those countries? And it may even be a city again. And then again, across the supply chain, whether you're interested in entering the business as a retailer of multiple products, as a manufacturer of your brand, or as a supplier to multiple brands or or in, in multiple forms, I think that there's a lots of ways to, to participate in the industry. Just to be focused on. Uh, that level of the supply chain, as well as uh, the, the sort of jurisdiction from a regulatory standpoint. No, I think that's great. It, uh, I appreciate you really taking a look at these different approaches that we're seeing in the U.S. and Canada and the opportunities that that opens as companies are looking at different European markets as well as where they're playing in the supply chain. I think a lot of it may well come down to a company's risk tolerance. And, you know, if you're a brand marketer that was entering the CBD space or cannabinoid space in Europe, what do you think these companies should be considering or what advice might you give them? Well, I think one is you know, make sure you can sell the product without getting in trouble. And another one is make sure you can collect money, right? So a fair amount of our more entrepreneurial, uh, leading edge companies selling CBD products uh, were, are, were selling online, selling on the internet, and they were having difficulty getting credit cards to process, credit card companies to process them. So I know of at least three companies who have had to change their credit card provider and as the rules change. So again, that's one of the issues is the legality. And if, especially if you're selling, you know, not, uh, uh, not in a store or through, again, through the internet as, as a direct to consumer play, uh, you have to make sure that you can uh, adequately, you know, uh, cash and, and use credit cards and use online payment systems and other, other mechanisms to do that. So again, that's not really the question from a product standpoint, but really, the market it's been very broad again the pet market has been very healthy the uh, sleep market's been good the uh, stress anti-stress market or, or controlling stress so i think again one of the challenges is is that people have an awareness of the product and a general uh, positive view again this is the enlightened consumer not the regulator uh, on what this product can do and the the, the medicinal benefits of the plant so uh, but there are multiple applications. It's not dissimilar from lots of other dietary supplements, botanical medicines, where there are uh, multiple indicators, but there's not the same categorical, categorical science as there is in the pharmaceutical industry. So I know that wasn't a very clear, compelling answer, but I guess it makes sure you have a clear business model. Uh, you have all your risk, uh, risk profile, you know, clearly established from both a supply standpoint, a manufacturing standpoint, a local license to manufacture and distribute, and then again, a banking and credit card relationship. So all those elements are under control and you don't have many unknowns there. And all of your partners and your vendors in those areas are clear about what you're selling and what you plan to go about business. Because if you're not informing them and they find out, of course, that causes a big disruption. And, and you know, one piece of that supply chain from plants to product, right, is can uh, upset your business and, and throw off your investment. So again, there's, there's, there's more risks to the business, but there's lots of people have certainly uh, are making those risks and many of them getting the rewards. 
And I think you really laid it out nicely that uh, all of the things that these marketers are having to consider, and it really is what you've seen from these developments in North America and how might that impact what we see happening in Europe. So I will look forward to having more of your insights uh, when we gather in Geneva at Vita Foods Europe. Again, you'll be part of our CBD day on Thursday, uh, 14th of May in our CBD day sponsored by KGK Science and Clerson. So again, Grant, thank you for joining me today. We'll definitely look forward to learning more lessons about the CBD landscape from you soon. 